at a certain point, I think a lot of these building owners and management companies see the writing on the wall coming uh, with policies uh, changing uh, not only at the city level, but also at the state level mm -hmm. uh, with like benchmarking and um, conservation codes coming out, stretch codes coming out um, that they're going to need to uh, basically comply with within the next, you know, uh, 10 to 20 years or the next two decades. So, you know, in, a, in the lifetime of a building, that's, that's pretty short. Uh, so they need to start investing now. And if they have free help um, from a local nonprofit, then they're going to jump out now. So that's, right. that's kind of what, you know, our selling point has been there. Um, but then also, I, you know, we, we are uh, encountering a lot of uh, building owners who do care about their tenants. Welcome to Home Green Homes Podcast. I am Izumi Tanaka, a green home advisor and a green realtor. Here I invite a variety of experts in the world of green homes and have conversations about how we can all live in healthy, resilient, and efficient homes. My guests provide insight in a wide range of topics from designing, building, living in green homes, purchasing or financing green homes and improvements, to how we can live to reduce the negative environmental impact from the way we live. My goal is to inspire and inform you about how we can make a difference in our own lives and our environment. Hello, this is Izumi Tanaka with Home Green Homes Podcast. Today, I have a special guest from USGBC LA, Will Norton, and he is the Sustainability Program Manager at USGBC LA, and he's, he is here to talk to us about the brand new program that USGBC LA has launched recently called Green Affordable Housing Program. So uh, Will, thank you so much for coming today to talk to us. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, before we begin, just uh, for those of uh, those people who may not be familiar with USGBC, maybe you can just briefly tell us what USGBC is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so USGBC uh, is a local nonprofit. Uh, we are about people who are passionate and practical uh, informed professionals who advocate for work together to transform Southern California into a more sustainable region for all. Uh, USGBC is uh, the best place for anyone to learn about why, who, and how uh, on living sustainability uh, because business as usual is no longer an option. Our members are the heart of the work we do and are passionate about inspiring and accelerating change that achieves a more equitable and sustainable built environment for all. Thank you. So USCBC LA is a part of USCBC as a whole, right? Correct, and yeah, LA... we're, a, we're a local mm -hmm. chapter. Mm -hmm. And I understand USCBC LA chapter is one of the largest chapter of USCBC. That's correct. Yeah, I believe it is. Um, I don't have the, the numbers in front of me right now in terms of members, but yeah, mm -hmm. we, uh, we've been growing. We're a small but uh, mighty team. Uh, I believe I'm the 12th employee, so oh, wow. uh, we're hoping to add number lucky number 13 soon. <laughs> uh, so we have, we have lots of work uh, under our belt. Uh, we've been operating for about 20 years, uh, but uh, really ramping up in the last couple mm -hmm. of years. 
Mm -hmm. That's right. Thank you so much. So, so let's dive into talking about this new program that you just launched. Um, it's it's called Green Affordable Housing Program. It sounds so great, you know. So I'm I'm really anxious to hear more about it. So if you can tell me the genesis of this program, um, is is it USCBC LA that came up with this idea? Yeah, so under the leadership of our executive director, Ben Stapleton, uh, we have uh, kind of combined um, in an innovative way uh, three different funding sources uh, from uh, LADWP or District, uh, or, uh, yeah, the District of Water and Power, District, mm -hmm. excuse me, the Department mm -hmm. of Water and Power, uh -huh. uh, Cal EPA, um, and the Tech Clean California uh, Quick Start mm -hmm. Grant. So we have three different grants that are going into this. Um, and the genesis of the, the program um, was we knew that uh, there are disadvantaged communities throughout uh, Los Angeles who for, face disproportionate amounts of uh, pollution um, in their local communities um, as a result of uh, past racist historical uh, policies, um, but then also built infrastructure and um, you know, unforeseen consequences when it came to um, adding things like uh, rail, railways and highways uh, to areas where people live uh, and work. Um, so uh, particularly we are focused on uh, Eastern San Fernando Valley uh, for those reasons. Um, and I can dive a little bit more into those uh, later too. Okay, so tell us exactly what the program offers. Yeah, so we're definitely on a mission to deliver a low to no cost community resources for lowering energy and water costs, uh, while also reducing greenhouse gas emissions and creating more uh, affordable, comfortable and healthy environments for uh, building uh, operators and, well, and also their tenants. Mm -hmm. So uh, there are six different uh, kinds of buckets that uh, we have offerings in. Uh, mm -hmm. We are offering um, free to no cost community uh, electric vehicle charging stations. Mm -hmm. We're um, offering um, uh, installation of uh, a heat pump space and water heating technology. Mm -hmm. We're also offering um, enrollment uh, assistance with uh, the Department of uh, Water and Power's programs and rebates for equipment and um, just uh, cost uh, reduction. Uh, we're also doing free air quality uh, monitoring and water on-site water testing. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll also be offering uh, tenant workshops um, in English and Spanish covering okay. utility savings and how to improve occupant health. The last thing that uh, I want to mention is that uh, all participants of uh, the Green Affordable Housing Program will receive access to uh, two innovative building uh, technology pilots uh, from our Net Zero Accelerator. And those are that's Yellowton, uh, which is a personal emissions uh, and savings calculator and Dynamex, which is um, a larger uh, network um, of buildings uh, that they are building for uh, building operators and managers, but also uh, anyone who's interested to show uh, them exactly where their power is coming from at what times, and also where they can uh, reduce costs um, and emissions even further. I see. So when you say participants, um, I heard you say building operators and tenants, both. 
Um, yeah, so, so our main clients mm -hmm. will be uh, building operators and mm -hmm. um, owners. Uh, mm -hmm. And but we're what we're doing is uh, we are trying to make the changes part of the community and inform the community about why these changes are important, so that mm -hmm. they uh, in turn can make uh, more informed decisions about their own family's health, energy choices, um, and so on. Mm -hmm. So how do you reach them? Um, building operators, when you say building operators, those are the build the owners of apartment buildings or single family homes? Uh, so these are all multifamily homes. Uh, mm -hmm. The eligibility is the building must have 20 um, units or more and be affordable. Mm -hmm. uh, we are emphasizing naturally occurring affordable um, housing, mm -hmm. but we're also um, uh, allowing uh, subsidized housing into the, into the program as well. Okay, you said naturally occurring affordability. Is that, is that what you said? Affordable can housing, you, yeah. Yeah, can you, can you define that? I'm really, I'm really curious how you define the affordability part, especially yeah, naturally part too. <laughs> yeah, so naturally occurring affordable housing um, typically is in low income areas um, where the rents are a below market rate. So they're about 80% of market rate. Mm -hmm. um, and typically these are in buildings that have um, been um, not maintained as well as they might have, uh, or they might have other um, issues like being sited near um, large pollution sources or a busy mm -hmm. road um, that would, uh, you know, uh, lower their uh, rents naturally because people uh, either don't want to pay uh, uh, that much to live in that area or um, it's the only place that they can afford to live. So why we are targeting naturally occurring affordable uh, housing is uh, because the uh, programs in the past have largely um, ignored, at least in the LA region, ignored uh, multifamily housing and especially uh, housing that isn't part of low income uh, programs already. So these are kind of the hardest uh, owners and operators to reach, um, but the, their tenants need the most in terms of help and uh, uh, cost reductions. I see, I see. So I know that this is a very new program uh, mm -hmm. so far with USGBCLA. And how are you reaching out to the owners or the, and when you say operators, does that include management companies or? Yeah, correct. Okay, yeah. and how, how are you reaching out to, to those participants? Yeah, so we have a couple of different ways. We're not uh, relying on one method uh, in particular. Uh, we are uh, reaching out through uh, personal connections that we have here at USGBCLA, mm -hmm. um, just through our, our past work um, to uh, realtors and developers. We are also, um, we have relied on um, partners to provide their lists of clients that they've worked with in their past in, in in the past mm -hmm. um, to reach those folks, um, and then also we are we have a a couple of lists of potential clients in the area um, from different sources, whether that's like the um, violations list or from the city or um, uh, just other um, publicly available lists. Mm -hmm. So it may be a little too early, but do you have a sense of how it's being received so far? That's a good question. Um, I think that there are a, a lot of 
there's lots of interest. Um, mm-hmm. I think the issue is uh, one of the issues is that <clears throat> these buildings are in low income communities and they have lots of deferred maintenance already uh, building right. up. Um, so taking on large capital projects uh, in uh, right after the pandemic, when lots of tenants have also not been paying um, rent because simply they can't, um, puts these building owners kind of in a tricky position where they can either prioritize work that really needs to get done, um, repair work, or they can, um, you know, talk to us and possibly spend, a, a, you know, a little bit of money to get uh, these new uh, clean energy technologies. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of it's kind of a trade-off, you know, it's a balancing yeah. act for them mm-hmm. and it can be really tricky. I would imagine that the owners of those uh, apartment buildings or rental units, uh, you know, especially in LA or California, we have the land control issues where they, and, and with the moratorium during the COVID, they are not able to evict the non-paying tenants and uh, and a lot of them are not willing to, like you said, spend a lot of money to upkeep the units and let alone to con- even consider the, the energy efficiency and clean air and all these things that, that must be really challenging to, to persuade those so-called building operators. And do you find that, do you, do you feel um, any resistance in the field? You know, um, I don't think we uh, encounter a lot of resistance. Um, mm-hmm. I think mostly because uh, our audience is self-selecting, you know, those resistant mm-hmm. populations wouldn't necessarily join a webinar or look uh, or investigate a program called the Green Affordable Housing um, Program. But yeah, there's definitely um, some, some hesitation there. Uh, but this is also, you know, these are larger buildings. Um, we're looking at 20 plus uh, units, mm-hmm. uh, buildings. So at a certain point, I think a lot of these building owners and management companies see the writing on the wall coming uh, with policies uh, changing, uh, not only at the city level, but also at the state level mm-hmm. uh, with like benchmarking and um, conservation codes coming out, stretch codes coming out. Um, that they're going to need to uh, basically comply with within the next, you know, uh, 10 to 20 years or in the next two decades. So, you know, in, a, in the lifetime of a building, that's, that's pretty short. Uh, so they need to start investing now. And if they have free help um, from a local nonprofit, then they're going to jump out now. So that's, right. that's kind of what, you know, our selling point has been there. Um, but then also, I, you know, we we are uh, encountering a lot of uh, building owners who do care about their tenants. You know, they do care about their tenants' health. They don't want, um, you know, their tenants to be suffering. They, they have, you know, a heart and understand a, a, a lot of these people. Um, they know a lot of these people. They might even live in the same building. So mm-hmm. um, they understand the, you know, the stakes. Right. So it behooves them to really take advantage of programs like that. Absolutely. Yeah, but like you said, the ones that really care about their tenants are the ones that may have already contacted you or signed up. But 
how do you plan on those who are not <laughs> coming to you, who are not even aware or doesn't even come into their consciousness? And what's, uh, what, do you have a plan to reach those people? Those yeah, so what I, would say, what I would say is this is a small pilot program. We're only mm -hmm. uh, bringing in, we're only going through 10 buildings this year and then 10 buildings next year. Oh, so it's a very it's a very small um, population of buildings, mm -hmm. um, but what we're trying to do is help uh, these large management companies or uh, building owner uh, portfolios uh, to understand uh, what it takes to do this kind of work, what is mm -hmm. required, um, and how long it takes. So kind of nice. dipping their toes into the uh, water of energy efficiency and and uh, new technology like heat pumps and get mm -hmm. them familiar with it uh, mm -hmm. and, and, and to understand how, how to operate it and how it runs and the benefits right. of it as well. That's so great. And so that, so the, um, that you said 10 this year and another 10 next year. And so you will be providing the heat pump uh, systems or EV, EV chargers. Uh, you said it's a community. So it's not like in the building itself, or, but, but is it like in some, um, a street that you're going to be putting the EV charger? So the community EV charger, so what that means is instead of just being one um, charger per and one car, it will have um, like four different chargers coming off one unit. Um, so it will be in a parking lot. It won't be on the street. Um, that, that permitting uh, gets more complicated. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, we're looking for buildings that uh, would have a, have a private parking lot. And I will also say that, you know, not every building that goes through uh, this program uh, is going to be a match for every single thing on right. our uh, offering. So there might be some buildings that uh, do the tenant education, they do the air quality monitoring, water testing, mm -hmm. um, and they um, maybe just go through some uh, DWP programs, uh, but they might not get the community car charger uh, or EV charger. Um, mm -hmm. and they might not get the heat pump water heater, for example. I see, I see. So it all depends on their situations and conditions of the building and so forth. Yeah. I see, I see. So, you know, we mentioned, uh, I, I had asked you, or I, I had sent you my question, it's why only Eastern Valley, but you did mention those are the areas where the railroad is and some busy streets and everything. So do you, um, why, I mean, in greater Los Angeles, there are many other neighborhoods that may kind of meet that criteria. Why did um, this program choose this particular Eastern Valley, Eastern San Fernando Valley? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, really what we did was we consulted um, the Cal Environ screen, which is a map mm -hmm. that shows where the disadvantaged communities are um, throughout uh, the state of California and really honed in on the San Fernando Valley, one, uh, because we have local connections there. Um, our CEO and executive director, Ben Stapleton, is from um, the San Fernando Valley, so we have a personal connection there. Um, but as I mentioned, uh, highways and freeways, you know, the 118, the 5, mm -hmm. the 210, mm -hmm. all ring uh, the, the, that, the eastern San Fernando Valley. Yeah. Um, and the Southern Pacific Railroad goes right through the center. Um, they also have the uh, Whitman Airstrip there uh, that is one of the busiest small airports in the country. So there are you know, a lot of uh, pollution sources 
And, and there's even a report out that says that Pacoima is in the 96th to 100th percentile for pollution um, wow. when compared to its, you know, uh, mm-hmm. other areas. Mm-hmm. On top of that, you know, uh, we're working in disadvantaged communities, which often can mean low-income communities. Uh, and we know that from 2000 to 2010, rents rose in LA 31%, while uh, at the same time, incomes only rose by 1.2%. So you can understand why, you know, 62% of renters are housing burdened and over uh, a quarter million Angelinos struggle paying uh, and end up paying more than 50% of their incomes to housing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, it's a way for us not only to um, help educate people about how to lower energy costs, but uh, to help them realize that uh, they might be living in an area um, that not only has lots of pollution, uh, but their homes um, might be also making them sick as well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, over, over 80, 80% of LA multifamily housing was built before 1978. Uh, and that was before any sort of residential uh, energy codes were adopted in the state of California or really across the country. Um, so basically what people have these days in their walls, um, if it hasn't been updated since 1978, is air. You know, there's just an air pocket um, yeah. in between them and the outside. And that's, that's not insulation, that's just air. Um, and that, I think the R value of wood and air is something like four to seven. Um, and, you know, we have uh, codes now that mandate that we have like R35 in our ceilings. So going from four to 35 is, is a huge difference. Um, and, you know, there are so many knock-on effects in terms of updating buildings uh, to be more energy efficient, whether that's air sealing or uh, adding in insulation, uh, taking out um, gas ranges and re- replacing them with induction stoves. There's just so many things that you can do um, that will also not only bring down your energy costs, but help your health, your family's health. If um, you've ever heard of uh, the Major Deegan Expressway in the Bronx, a lot of people call that the Major Asthma Expressway because there's so many uh, cases of uh, childhood asthma in the area. And one of the simplest ways that we can fix that is by filtering the air before it comes into the building, uh, making that building super uh, airtight and making sure that you know kids and uh, vulnerable populations like seniors aren't breathing in that sort of polluted air. Um, and just doing the best that we can to make sure that everyone has a safe and healthy place to live and play. I, I really like the idea. So have you had any of those uh, workshops uh, yet for the tenants? You, you well, offer both English and Spanish, correct? Yeah, we do. We've completed the tenant education portion of the program. We haven't actually been able to deliver it yet. Um, and that's largely because we just began outreach about a month ago. Um, and, you know, we're still trying to get uh, clients into the pipeline, uh, get them interested. Uh, but then there's also, you know, we want to give a little time between COVID and, uh, con- you know, conducting a large uh, public outreach uh, session. We want people to feel comfortable coming out into their communities and, and meeting, uh, you know, us and strangers uh, so that they can uh, understand that everybody has access to this. So I think the last, the, the, the last thing I would say about that would also just be that even if it is uh, just the uh, building that um, participates in the program, we really want our education ses- sessions to be open to the public. 
topics. So people can come, they can learn, uh, and they can apply it to their own lives and just make, make better informed decisions about uh, their energy costs and health. And so I, I really wish you success with this program because I yeah. think it's a really wonderful program. Uh, what is your vision as USCBCLA? Do you think uh, if this pilot is successful, do you, do you see this program to expand to cover larger area of not only LA, maybe larger area in Southern California? What is, what's the vision? Yeah, I think you kind of took the words out of my mouth. I mean, definitely <laughs> uh, expand the Green Affordable Housing Program to LA uh, city uh, and the entire city. Uh, we know that there are areas that could use, um, like you said, that could use this sort of help uh, as well, um, especially like down around the harbor. Um, and yeah, absolutely. We, we see ourselves, I would say, as um, wanting to be the leading sustainability nonprofit in the city, across the city, but we also want to be very mindful about being um, connected to our communities and relying on local partners uh, for help and guidance on what our communities need. Mm -hmm. So both being um, the lead, but also a great partner um, that you know, different uh, organizations across the city can look to and come to when they have questions about energy, about buildings, about health, anything like that. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. And you mentioned in the beginning, you had three funding sources. And mm -hmm. as, you, as you begin to expand this program, you're gonna obviously need more funding. Do you see that there is uh, more uh, receptivity amongst different organizations, whether it's municipal, you know, you know organizational utilities or a corporation even, to, to become a, a partner in, in this effort to, to help our city and you know, hopefully larger, larger state and country in the world. Do you, do you see kind of like a climate of um, the fund, funding sources to be more, uh, becoming more available for you? Yeah, I absolutely. I mean, like I said before, I, the writing is really on the wall. We're all in mm -hmm. the trenches down here together fighting against climate change. Uh, I, you know, don't, I can't really think of the last time I talked to a city employee and they uh, weren't interested in, uh, you know, fighting against climate change and helping their local constituents prepare for climate change. Um, so absolutely, there are there is more funding coming down the pipe, whether that's through the federal government, the state government, or even locally, the utilities. Um, absolutely, I think the one real issue now is how do you um, sort of combine that funding? How do you make it work in unison together? Um, how do you how on the back end do you make reporting not a nightmare? Um, how do you count? You don't want to double count things. You don't want to double dip. Um, so just basically how do you do it fairly and make sure that the outcomes are shared equally across, you know, the region and, uh, throughout housing, the different housing types. Well, we do have a lot, lot of work to do ahead yes. of us. <laughs> Absolutely. But, uh, what if you were to give, uh, an elevator pitch about this program so that, so that we can, we can speak to the people who might be listening so they can refer to you. 
Yeah, I would say um, the Green Affordable Housing Program is a pilot program in the Eastern San Fernando Valley. We're hoping to improve people's uh, health, but also lower their energy costs and uh, reduce emissions at the same time. And that way we can improve not only uh, the apartment in which you live, but also the community that surrounds you and be a real part of uh, your neighborhood and uh, just uh, community altogether. So we really want to help. We want to provide things that uh, you will that will be utilized by you, um, but also uh, understanding that <clears throat> this sort of technology is necessary, but also very costly. So we want to bring that sort of um, this sort of change to your local community. Thank you so much, Will. I really yeah. wish you success for this program and I would really like to see this expand to cover many other neighborhoods in the city and the country and um, I, I loved I love working with you guys to to do this together so thank you so much for your time today and I I wish you luck <laughs> thank you so much Azumi I really thank appreciate you. it thank you Thank you. This was Izumi Tanaka with Home Green Home.